You're listening to audio from First Christian Church. To find out more about us or to donate to our ministries, visit firstabq.org. Well, amen and praise God. Praise God for a great week of VBS. Praise God for the presence that you have provided for your children of lifting up and glorifying God. You know, I, I want to just say thanks for everyone that's been involved. There are a lot of people that are up front, and there are a lot of people that are behind the scenes. There are a lot of people that are dry, and a few people that are wet. So just thanks to everyone for making this such a great week. And I just kind of wanted to keep VBS going. I, I wanted there to be VBS for adults and children this morning, that we can glorify and worship God together today. Because we've learned that God is with us, so we trust God. That's right. And that God gives us what we need, so we trust God. And that God guides us, so we But you know, a lot about VBS, you sometimes take home things, and maybe they make it home, and maybe they don't. I wanted to be able to give all of us an artifact a piece of work that's beautiful that we can take home and maybe treasure forever. A song, a psalm that helps us relive VBS self-contained in the 70th, 78th Psalm. So if you're able to, would you stand? If you're not, stand in your hearts as we read the first eight verses of Psalm 78. Give ear, O people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from old. Things that we have heard and known and that our ancestors have told us. We'll not hide them from our children. We will tell them of the coming generation, the glorious deeds of the Lord and of His might, the wonders that He has done. He's established a decree in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded for our ancestors, to teach to their children, so that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn. And rise up and tell them to their children that they should set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious and forgetful generation whose hearts were not steadfast and whose spirit was not faithful to God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. You know, it's good to tell old stories. It's good even to look at, at ancient history because history has a way of, of instructing us, of of guiding us, of preparing the way before us. These things that we've heard and that we've been told and that we know they need to be repeated, like verse 3 says. We even need to repeat them to the next generation, the up-and-coming generation, to let them know these stories. But not all of us are all that interested in history. Some can kind of take or leave history. I'm not interested in history at all. I'm interested in space, rocket ships, like today, right? New Mexico takes world's center stage. You know about this? Down at America's spaceport, 
just around Las Cruces where we're launching the first uh, uh, normal civilian person on a flight into space. And it took place this morning. I tried to watch. The timing didn't work exactly, but they've already gone to space and come back. So you might say, I'm not interested in people wandering in sandals in the wilderness. I'm interested in space. Well, think about how many years the the billionaire Benson has had to work to get to this point. All the trial and error. You see, history's kind of packed up in everything. If you're not willing to learn from your own mistakes or from the mistakes of others, you will never leave the earth. You will stay grounded. You will stay with your firm feet walking around with life as you know it. It takes not turning that blind eye to the experiences of others, but drawing on them, learning from them. We need to take and learn from history. Now, it's also true that we can have too much history, where we get too focused in the past, almost to the point where we get stuck there. We want to live way back in the past. We want to recapture some glory years of the past to preserve it, or conserve it in some way. And that, that dislodges us from the reality of the present moment, the here and the now. So I've got three things that I want you to hear today. And the first I've been leading us to is that history is for our present. We talk about these stories not just to relive the past, but for the present moment. It's for the now, where we live here, not just preserving and conserving something from days of old, but being able to live more effectively, more informed in this present moment. If VBS just freezes things from the past and tries to pass them on, they'll melt. If we just try to take those pictures that we've taken of our kids and edit them maybe, arrange the best ones and create a slideshow and then just store it away, we're forgetting our past. We're not letting it inform our present moment. Well, that's the first thing that I want you to hear is that, that history is for our present. Well, history, second, is about the mighty acts of God. The powerful deeds of God. In fact, that's probably number one right there should almost start right there. Any good VBS, any good worship, any good teaching from Scripture is going to lift up the wondrous things that God has done to highlight God's actions in the world. And that's what Psalm 78 does for us. It helps us relive this. Did you, did you notice this? I didn't read the whole psalm, obviously. I read the first eight verses. And in, in verse 8, we find out that this group of people... Uh, they were stubborn, they were forgetful, their hearts were not fixed upon God, and they just were rebellious in every way. And yet, these wonders of God are being told over and over again. In fact, all the stories that we talked about this week, kids, are in this psalm. Stories of walking through the Red Sea, stories of being led through the wilderness not by mousetraps, but by clouds and fire. Each of these stories pops up later in Psalm 78. 
the clouds in verse 14, a split rock that opens up for water in 15 and 16. These are the pictures that the psalmist lays out for us to look at. And yet it's pretty easy for us to kind of shrug and say, well, we weren't there. That's not our history. And yet in so many ways it is. The cycles that they wandered through the wilderness of God showing his divine faithfulness and then receiving it for a while and then turning away. And yet God showing divine mercy again. That's the cycle we are in too. We can't just point to them and say how silly they are. This is our journey as well. Which brings us to maybe the most important point that I think is in this psalm. Maybe one that might surprise you as a message coming from a psalm. And the message is this. Not just that history is for our present. Not just that history is about the mighty acts of God. Yeah, that's number one, right? But don't be like your parents. That's, I'm serious. That's the message. Don't be like your parents' mistakes. Now, that's not, yeah, that's not a message you would expect to come on VBS Sunday. Don't be like your parents' mistake. Now, children, you, you, you have to know that we sometimes make mistakes. Uh, it, you hear this, and it's a bit insulting, but I'm thankful that we have experts out there that are helping us not become like our parents. And I'm really thankful to Dr. Rick, a fake doctor, who is a part of an ad campaign. He's a fake individual who's written a, a fake book on helping us not metamorphosis into our parents. And you probably know these progressive insurance commercials, but I've, I've got to refresh your memory. We're going to watch two of them about not becoming like our parents. Thankfully, this guy's doing workshops and writing books and helping educate us, but I, I need to do a little bit more today. Let's watch. He's doing his part one 30-second spot at a time to help all of us not become our parents. Now, you think I'm joking around, but this is actually the message of Scripture. Look in verse 8 one more time. He says to the children, to these people, the parents, they should not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. You know, here in this text, it kind of catches me off guard. Because I can laugh and joke about not being like my parents. I got to spend time with mom and with Donna's parents this last week. 
And we can joke about not becoming our parents until we look down the line and realize, well, our kids are looking at us in this same light. And so it can be kind of insulting. But this message is, in all seriousness, one that we need to grab onto. You know, in my case, I feel like it might be okay if I became like my parents. You might think, oh, it's not good at all if I become like my parents or you become like yours. But in this text, we, we begin to be guided into a mission of learning from our parents' mistakes. I mean, that's what's going on here. The serious truth is that it's avoidable in some ways to not become like your parents. And as much as it is off-putting to us or catches us off guard, these parents are given information. And we try to pass this along but we almost have to tell our children, listen to what I say, because sometimes what I do is not going to line up. Have you had to do that before, parents? Children, have you seen this in your parents, where sometimes they make the same mistake that they're telling you not to make? That journey is almost unavoidable. It's natural. But this path of, of being pointing out the, the truth of Scripture about not being stubborn and not being rebellious and forgetful or heart that's not steadfast, that's important for us to hear. Because I can be stubborn where I think I have to go my way only. That my path is the only path. Or rebellious, where we're given one set of instructions and so we decide to go in the exact opposite direction. You know, our parents... Those who are wise in our life tell us to go a certain direction and we go the opposite way. We don't even realize that we're actually probably more controlled them by that rebellion. Have you thought about that? They've dictated where they want us to go and so we go the other way. Hearts that are unfaithful, free-spirited, untrustworthy, untruthful. In times, those hearts get figured out and people stop trusting you. And forgetting, forgetting is probably the biggest one, where we don't remember the guidance that we've been given. And even if we do remember and ignore it, we've gone a different direction entirely. Don't be like your parents' mistakes. As we tell the right thing to do, it's kind of an irony of Scripture, isn't it, that in this passage of passing on your faith, the method, the way that we're supposed to do it, is by telling our mistakes. How about that? But the very method, the very manner in which we pass along the faith is to point to the errors that we've made. Folks, as Christians, we need to be able to do this probably better. To own up to our flaws, to own up to the things that we've done wrong. Otherwise, the world just sees us as too perfect, too unattainable, too much like someone they don't want to be like. We need to be able to tell them, yes, I'm here now, but I was there. Our mistakes allow us to track that progress, to show how we've come together with God, how we've grown in this process of making mistakes and being able to own up to them. That will make the world see us not as too good for them, but as people like them, as people who are struggling through this life together, making progress. 
and allows us to take history and realize it's not just about the past. It's about right now. It's about what God is doing right now. It's about the mistakes that are going to take me forward into the future, learning from them, growing from them, to pass, to pass from, oh, where I was back then, to where I am here, to where I want to be. I really do think that it's overlooked, and probably one of the biggest ironies, that this journey of passing on the faith means owning our own mistakes, acknowledging them, and not being bound up by them, being able to point to them and say, yeah, people make mistakes. I mean, that helps me as a parent. I don't know about you. Where I don't have to freak out whenever my children make a mistake. Every mistake is not the end of the world. Mistakes are actually opportunities to pick someone up, to point them in the right direction. It's an opportunity for me as a parent to think about how I parent. What are the things that I reward? Is it all the victories? Is it the straight A's? Or is it the time when my child told the truth and it actually led to them getting in trouble? When my child took the path that was a lot less traveled and it was harder, am I going to provide the gift? Am I going to provide the cookie, the reward at that moment? You see, mistakes as well as successes become an opportunity for us to lead people into the future. And then they become a history of our progress where our mistakes become a part of our experience that shapes who we are. A history of how we've partnered with God or who we are becoming with God as we travel this life. Passing on the faith to young doesn't have to be an intimidating thing. It can be a process of owning who we are, admitting our mistakes, and knowing that that history of our past, the history of other people's mistakes, can help us in this present moment as we lift up the glorious things that God has done and look forward to the glorious things that he's going to do in our life. And then we've got Dr. Rick, who will help keep us light, who will help us not take ourselves so seriously, that there will be ways that we become like our parents, but hopefully, hopefully, we won't become like our parents' mistakes. Because as I look around at all of you, you're people who can change. You've done that. You've made choices based upon the absence of your parents, the mistakes that your parents have made. You've made choices and you have changed and become a different person. And so I see in you a group of people who are becoming more and more like the one who made you more and more like the God who gives you life, who provides for you salvation through Jesus, who fills you with each breath, the breath of the Holy Spirit. Let's give him thanks in prayer now. God, thank you so much for these stories that we've explored from the past. And we thank you for them, for what they mean to us in the present, that we will serve you with more wisdom, with more experience, more insight because of the mistakes of others. God, would you help us to see our own mistakes in a different light, a light where you are transforming us from one degree of glory into another. And so we thank you and we praise you 
through Jesus who lives and reigns as Lord with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen.